You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. On today's episode of Talking Taiwan, my guest is Emily Chen. Emily Chen has been homeschooling her kids, and in full disclosure, I want you to know that she's my cousin. And I noticed that she was sharing a lot about how she keeps her sons occupied while they're at home. And I know a lot of parents now are really thinking about this with the coronavirus and having to work from home and keep their kids at home. And she shared this wonderful post on Facebook with a bunch of resources, I think at least a hundred, if not more, different web links of different things, activities and things that you do with your kids. And it really got me thinking that this would be really great to share with a lot of parents out there who have not had this experience of having their kids at home. So I wanted to invite her onto the podcast. Thanks for being here, Emily. Thanks for having me, Felicia. Great. Um, so yeah. Let's like start with um, how long you've been homeschooling your kids and how old are your kids and um, how did you come to decide to do homeschooling? Um, I've been homeschooling since the beginning. So I have an eight-year-old who's almost nine and a three-year-old and uh, they neither has been to school. So um, it started because my oldest, when it came time to register him for kindergarten, he would have been, he would have been just almost four at the time, it would have been time to uh, register him. And here I live in Ontario and Canada. And uh, at that time, that year, they had just changed it so that there was a junior kindergarten, meaning that kids who were four that year were going into kindergarten, which, mm -hmm. you know, means a lot of three-year-olds would be in kindergarten too. Mm. So now that wouldn't have been the case for him. He would have been four in a bit, but still, he was a very shy kid, and I was like, wow, this is going to be tough for him. And I just couldn't imagine him going into a class of, at that time, it would have been 31, 32 kids. And mm -hmm. I knew because he's a you know, good, quiet, shy kid, he would have just been forgotten. And we were learning and doing so much together at home. Um, and as it was, I was already home with them, um, unlike most you know, people who send their kids to daycare. I was, I did that only two days a week. Mm -hmm. and so I was home with them quite a bit as it was. And, you know, we were just doing so much at home and I thought uh, it was just going to plateau and he might be bored. I didn't know. And I just couldn't imagine sending him. And so I started looking at options. And as soon as we thought about homeschooling, I talked to my husband about it. As soon as we decided that it's just, you know, the, the weight lifted and I felt right about it. And then we met, the community and that was it as soon as I met the community I understood wow this is the place that we want to be and we have not looked back if originally you know we thought okay maybe we'll try this for a couple of years you know just to see how he'll be in a couple of years but once we once we saw the community and met all our friends and all the activities and things that we could do I, I just we never looked back that's incredible. That must be so important because I can't even imagine how do you plan like a curriculum and all the different subjects and make sure he's keeping up to pace so the kids are in traditional schools. That's, that's incredible. Well, and so that's the thing about homeschooling is that there's a massive range of what people do at home. Some people do, you know, very carefully choose their curriculum or curricula because sometimes they choose different curricula for different subjects. Some people stick with one for the entire thing. Some people, you know, pick and choose for math, this and science, that and writing that and whatever. And then you have way on the other side of the spectrum, which is what's called unschooling, which is literally 
no school. <laughs> so <laughs> there is it, it's a huge range, and there's all sorts of stuff in between too. And we actually lean towards unschooling. Um, not I don't have a strong stance against uh, uh, you know against schooling or anything like that. It's just that's kind of how we roll. So um, you know, my oldest just is turning nine soon, but this is the first year starting this past January when he was eight and a half. This is the first time that I said, okay, we're having time at the table and we're going to do some things. Um, that was the first time at eight and a half that I kind of said that prior to that, we kind of just went with whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're interested in this. Okay. I'm going to put a bunch of books on hold about that at the library. Okay. You're interested in that. Okay. I'm going to see if there's an outing Mm -hmm. we can do at the the museum for this. Oh, you like this. So, okay, well, let's see if we can find a bunch of people who are interested in that too and put together a session about Mm -hmm. it. So we kind of, it was more project based or that's Mm -hmm. what some people call it is project based. And then, Mm -hmm. so what ends up happening is if, if a kid is interested in a particular topic, then you attack it, but then you, there's always math and there's always geography and there's always history and there's always writing or in English or whatever involved with any yeah. topic, you know? Yeah. And um, we just sort of, it's a, a sort of well-rounded approach to it because not only then do they cover all sorts of subjects around one topic, they also remember it a lot more because it's more meaningful because they yes. thought about it in so many different ways. Right. Yeah. And so rather than things being theoretical or mm-hmm. sort of abstract, they're much more tangible because yes. they've thought about it in so many other ways. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's our approach. And even though that's leaning towards unschooling, because I've never said, okay, it's math time or it's writing time. I've never done anything even remotely like that until the last few months. Even then there are people who would look at that and say it's too structured. Uh-huh. Some people truly just say, no, no, life, life is learning. Uh-huh. And so they just don't even, very strict unschoolers think that there's no such thing as a teachable moment. You just let the child choose everything and it's all child-led and so on. So we're not that far on that mm-hmm. side, but we're, you know, leaning towards that way. Yeah. Interesting. How has your son responded to this change and like being a little bit more structured, like, okay, let's sit and do writing or do math? Well, we're pretty lucky because our oldest is, um, he he's he's a really patient kid if he's interested in the subject he can do something for hours wow. <clears throat> so um you know i don't you know when i say we sit down we're talking like 45 minutes a day it's not much and that's right. the thing about homeschooling and i think this is something that people don't realize is that you can cover so much when you're working with one or maybe two or three kids versus a room of 30 you know like when you're talking about a public school classroom you're talking about largely behavior management, right? You're trying Mm -hmm. to make sure everyone's listening. Mm -hmm. Who needs to go to the bathroom? Oh, we just changed topics. Get your notebooks out. It's so much more about just getting organized to get Mm -hmm. everyone listening. Mm -hmm. When you've got one or two or three kids, it's more like, okay, you know, it's much more directed. It's, we're already all here. Um, There's no bell that's going to go off. That's going to say we're changing topics now or it's lunchtime. You just kind of go more with the flow, flow of it. And you can cover in about maybe, I'm going to say 90 minutes, what you can in a full day mm-hmm. um, at home when versus at public school, because you don't have to deal with just so many other kind of, you know, moment to moment issues. If your kid is having trouble with something, you can just say, okay, let's stop and look at this the way that will help you look at it, or it will help you learn it and then tackle it. And then go from there. You're not having to wait for, you know, 14 kids to catch up, or you're not having to worry about 
a couple of kids who are way beyond what you're teaching either. You're just dealing with the one, two or three kids you've got with there. I mean, some families have more, but you know, I'm just sort of saying in general. So you can cover so much more in such a shorter time at home than you can when you've got, you know, it's huge class. So it's not eight hours. We're not sitting around at home for eight hours doing school. And so homeschooling is actually a misnomer. We're not at home much. (laughs) You know, like we have easily one, often two, sometimes three outings a day. And when I say outing, sometimes we do one and stay out for the second, let's say. Uh But, you know, we're almost, I can say we're never home for the full day. We have one definitely outing. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, this whole social distancing thing, you guys are probably used to this. We're not. We're we're actually really missing our friends and really missing our activities and really missing our outings because we're also in a different situation than most. Logistically, it's a lot easier for, you know, me to adjust to than somebody who works at, out at an office full-time and whose kids are at school. So logistically, it's easier for us to adjust. But in terms of the moment to moment, oh my gosh, this has been a long couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's interesting that you point out that the homeschooling is not like eight hours a day. Like it's not no. like you're trying to do what you do in a traditional um, classroom at home. And I think that's also important to think about because depending on the age of your kids, they have different attention spans. So you should be really thinking about that and not necessarily trying to like bring the eight hours of classroom in home and just adjusting to what your kid's attention span is, right? A hundred percent. I think that's a really good point. I think that anybody who's at home with their kids all of a sudden and worried about their kids' academics, the first thing I would say is, I know it's so much easier said than done, but you've got to be less worried about it because, you know, this is a really, this is a completely unique and new situation. Nobody knows what they're doing. Homeschoolers are out of their comfort zone too, mm-hmm. because this is not the norm for us either. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's one person or one parent who's like, oh yeah, this is easy because there are challenges here for everybody. Even the people who are used to being at home with their kids and out and about with their kids too, because nobody is home full time. So this is really strange, you know, to think that we'd have to keep them busy for eight hours is it's just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, even at school, they have recess and they have lunch and right. they move from class to class and there are all these other things happening. It's not one person or two parents who are <laughs> in yeah. charge of occupying their kids eight hours. It's unrealistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think whatever that extra time might be, whether it's a little more screen time or you know, just get outside, go in the bar- backyard for an hour, just go do something, take a bunch of this chalk and do something crazy on the driveway, whatever, you know, you know, whatever it is that is going to get you through the day, do it. So what are some of those extra things that you're doing to fill up the time since you're restricted in terms of what you can do in terms of your outings, because you guys are dealing with uh, coronavirus as well? Like, what are some of the activities that you do or resources that you have used or that you would recommend that people do to fill in this time with their kids at home? Um, well, the the resources that you were talking about earlier that you saw that I had posted on Facebook, what I've done now, and I don't know if you um, if you can share a link with people. Who I will share it on my website um, because we put every episode on the website, and I will do a screenshot and share that list that you shared Perfect. on Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So what I've done is I originally, I I just listed everything in a post, but that didn't work as well because when people shared it, it only shared one link and none of the others. Mm. So what I did was I I just started a Google Doc 
Mm-hmm. And so I just keep updating it. And then so I'll, I'll send you the link to just the Google Doc. Mm-hmm. And um, in it, it lists everything that I've been continuously adding. And mm-hmm. I'm actually going to add a bunch in the next couple of days because I've been saving a bunch. Wonderful. And so that document has, I've broken it down in, into categories. And the first one is just a bunch of educational sites. So right now, for example, there are, I don't know if it's hundreds, but certainly many, many dozens of educational Uh, sites and groups that homeschoolers use actually who are now offering a free month or whatever it is a free Mm -hmm. trial period for for their for their resources so there are tons I mean it's unbelievable some homeschoolers are a bit bitter (laughs) (laughs) why did it take this you know why did it take this to get such a great deal we've been you know supporting these supporting these uh, outfits for years but you know for what it's worth it's it's great that there are all these free trials so that's the first chunk of links I have but then I've broken it down into okay here's some great math sites here's some great science sites and so on I just broke it down into other things there are a whole host of live streaming lessons or you know story reading or concerts all sorts of things because for example there are all sorts of orchestras or shows that had to be canceled because of this because of the no gatherings right yeah and so one of the things that's coming out of this is that the orchestras or whomever are saying you know what well we're gonna do the show anyway so we'll record it or we'll Mm -hmm. stream it live or whatever and people can still join us it's great, amazing. And then all these famous people are coming out and saying, well, we'll read stories or authors will say, you know, I'll read my books, you know, or Mo Willems, you know, he's a, he's a very famous children's author who wrote, you know, Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus and mm-hmm. Nuffle Bunny and all that. He's teaching mm-hmm. kids how to draw and stuff like this. So it's just quite amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, then I just have also been collecting just a bunch of really fun sites, um, just sites where you could, I mean, it's a rabbit hole. Like well, this is what I've done a couple of times where I need to work and my toddler's napping. It's kind of the mm-hmm. perfect time for me to get mm-hmm. maybe just squish in some time to, to work. And I'll say to my older kid, okay, I opened five links for you and you can play around with the tabs. Have fun. I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just open up a bunch of sites for him and he'll go tour a bunch of U.S. national parks or museums or this science portal that takes you in through all sorts of science lessons or whatever. And he just goes to town. Wonderful. And that actually brings me to another question I'm curious about. How do you manage dealing with kids of different ages? Because your son, your oldest is nine, the other one's three. Yes. And so like, that's very different, not just because of the age, but probably personality. And what would you say about that? That's kind of one of the biggest challenges for homeschoolers anyway. I mean, their homeschooling families have to deal with that constantly because a lot of them have larger families. So (laughs) um, I would just say that, you know, the older ones, are a little easier to, you know, get them to direct themselves. So it kind of depends on how the kids are being that day or how I'm feeling or what kind of activities I feel I can just throw at them that day. But depending on what's going on, whomever I feel I can get to sort of keep busy by themselves for a little bit, I'll give them their fun thing for a bit. I'm like, here, you know, this will occupy you without me needing to do anything for you know, 15 minutes while I give instruction to the other kid. So, you know, maybe that means setting up a bunch of stuff, arts and crafts for my toddler. 
I'll do that. And my older, he's happy to read. I would say <laughs> my older, and I know that there are a bunch of people out there who probably have a kid around this age who they just like no one else exists. They're stuck in a book. Uh-huh. You know, like I've had yeah. to say, put the book down, put the book mm-hmm. down. <laughs> it's like I'm talking him down, you know. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I'll just say, okay, you read for 10 minutes while I, while, while I set this up for your younger brother. And then uh, once I've set that up, then I can get my older to come over and talk about this or that. It's just sort of playing off what personalities are, what they're tackling that particular day, and who you can keep busy for that first 10-15 minutes, and then you get going on a momentum. And of course, it's not as easy as it sounds. Of course, there's often times where they're both saying, Mom, but you know, you just deal with it. Nobody should feel like they're supposed to be perfect, because there's no perfect at this point, especially. Yeah. You know, especially, and I cannot relate to someone who has to also work full-time at home right now. I'm only working part-time at home, so I cannot speak to if you've got a very demanding job where you're trying to fit in seven hours of work. I I have no idea what to say about that, other than give yourself a break. You cannot think that you're going to provide exactly the same kind of education they're going to get at public school. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think that's actually okay. I actually think that... If you think that's the standard, then it's okay to change the standard because there are some great things about public schools, of course, but there's also some great things about letting the kid explore their own thing. Mm-hmm. There are reasons people choose to buck the trend and maybe explore those a little bit, you know, let, let the reins go a little bit and see what it's like to have your kid just sort of like figure out what they want to do that day. If you just say, here, here are 12 books try to find something in there that you really want to do. And maybe we'll make a project out of this for the next week and just mm-hmm. let them do whatever. And if you're open to the screen time thing here, here are a few sites, try to tackle or find something that you really want to delve into. And we'll do that for the next week, whatever it is, you know, like it's okay. I think that people are so worried about oh, what worksheets are my kid, is my kid going to do mm-hmm. big picture here. If they don't finish all those worksheets, it's okay. They're going to be fine. We're just all kind of bumbling through a really strange situation. Yeah. And I mean, it's reality. We only have so many hours in a day, you know, and if you're trying to work almost full time, something's got to give. You can't have to be realistic. You can't expect them to have like a full school day while you're trying to get some work done. You've got to be easy on yourself. Well, Um, that's it. And I mean, if you're already stressed, this is the thing I don't know or understand either is I don't know how much leeway employers or their right. workers like right. hopefully there's leeway there too you know like mm-hmm. I think everyone hopefully can give a little leeway in all directions because it's too much to have stress in every category of your life hopefully you have some time to take away so you can go hey let's make muffins <laughs> or you know this is what I do sometimes I'm like go through this recipe book see if you can find a good recipe for what we're going to have tonight for dinner uh-huh. you know you'll have to yeah. help me make it <laughs> we also get to taste test it and you get to choose what we're going to eat yeah. so long as we have the ingredients or whatever you know like, right, right right that's okay too right yeah. and so your kids um they're all especially your oldest is old enough to know that something is up the coronavirus yes. and all that and yeah you know he, yeah. so how do you deal with that what kind of conversations do you have with him about that how is it's he really, handling it yeah i would have to say that that is also something that i'm hearing a lot um from parents is the it's the challenge of giving them enough information so they understand what's going on and they understand sort of the gravity of what's going on therefore are washing their hands aren't touching their faces and you know get why they're not going to see their friends all the time but also without scaring them right like and so there are parents whose kids are losing sleep about it um, who are worried about it who are showing anxiety about it and all sorts of things like that. You know, luckily my two kids, even though we're pretty frank about it and we're, you know, quite open about it, they haven't shown signs of that. I mean, yet. Um, So 
I think that's the fine line. It's kind of like the sex talk or, you know, talking about money. These are, you know, the big talks that you have with your children where you want them to have all the information as they become adults, but you don't want to like, you temper that with, okay, when is too soon? This is a little different because it's scary for some kids. And it's just a matter of gauging where your kids are and sharing what you feel is enough and yet not too much. So I can't really speak to that specifically. I just know that we're quite open about it, but we also talk about how it it doesn't really affect kids. It's more about, I can't give them every piece of information, but we do tell them that in general, it doesn't affect kids as much and that they'll be fine even if they get it. And even we would be probably fine if we got it, but we have to think about their grandmothers or our neighbors who are older and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we frame it. And I know it's not 100% accurate because I do know, of course, that there are younger kids who, and, and people, who have had it, but I I did try to stress that so that they weren't worried about getting it themselves. Right. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, no. Yes, it's it's, it's such an individual thing too. It You're really right is. About yeah. That. yeah, it really is. But you know, my three-year-old said to me the other day we were having a video chat with my mom, mm-hmm. and he broke off a little piece of his pita mm-hmm. bread and he mm-hmm. said, "Can you put this in the fridge so that Emma can have it when she comes over after the big bug is gone?" <laughs> You know, like, so he talks about the big bug. bug. uh And so he knows that there's something going on. And that's why we're not seeing anybody. And that's why we have video chats every day with, you know, friends and family. Like we have one to two video chats every day with friends. And it's it's, like I said, when we signed on to Zoom this morning, just right now, I signed on under, you know, my son's account. Yeah, yeah. Because he's been using it every day, but this is my first time using it. So... (laughs) Interesting. And um, what kind of reaction have you gotten from your friends and people that have seen your Facebook posts? Because I'm sure that a lot of people that saw it were not homeschoolers. And what kind of reaction have you had? Um, Really good. I had a lot of people just saying, thank you so much, or this is exactly what I needed, people sharing it and so on. The first post that I made originally when before it was a Google Doc, had like hundreds of shares. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then the second one, you know, I, I don't know, if it, it, it's only been shared like maybe 70 times or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe maybe it'll take off at one point or another. I'll continue to add to it anyway, and we'll see how it goes. But generally speaking, people are appreciative and they'll tell me, oh my gosh, I went and checked this out. Like some of the sites are really cool, you know, like, like as an adult and yeah. not even not thinking about Googling or anything are very, very cool. You know, there's this one site that I think it's called uh, neal.fun. So N E A L dot fun. Mm-hmm. And it's this guy who just, he has all these different games, you know, he'll show, he'll show, it's called the size of space, for example, and it shows an astronaut and then it'll show the Hubble telescope and then it'll show the space station. And then it just, goes from that all the way up to like nebula and the galaxies and all this kind of thing but it shows everything in proportion so obviously you know you can't even see the the astronaut within the first few because it just it goes down and everything it just kept keeps zooming into these bigger and bigger things and like my son spent i'm gonna say probably a couple of hours just scrolling back and forth back and forth on that he also has another one that you just scroll downwards and downwards and downwards and it's the sea so it shows at every level of the sea what kinds of animals or what kinds of things you would find there it's like this guy does just some really cool stuff you know so there are these sites where you just could spend literally hours exploring so yeah i've had really good good response but even i've had a ton of fun just finding them you know 
Um, yeah, so it sounds like you've actually come across a whole bunch of new resources because you've been having to look at how to occupy our kids with the COVID-19 going around. I've definitely found certainly all the sites where they're offering free educational stuff. And then uh, like a lot of the new tours that I didn't know about, some of them also were things that I'd been collecting over the years. Yes. You know, so that one I just mentioned, I've known about that one for a while, but like there are a lot that I'm finding out about because anytime someone posts something, hey, check this out, I'll save the post and then I'll keep it for adding to the list later. Well, it's so wonderful that you're doing this and sharing this with people, um, you know, just collecting it and like, yeah, I swear the Facebook post that I shared had overall a hundred, I tried counting like a hundred different web links. Um, and so that's like a huge resources for people who especially are not homeschoolers. Like this is a whole new world and uh, really great um, suggestions for them. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you for sharing it. <laughs> Do you have any other advice that you would like to offer to people who are now dealing with having their kids at home all day? I think that there's already so much anxiety and stress, you know, as the adults trying to be the rocks in the home, that if there's anything that you can do to make it less stressful, then do it. Because, yeah, I mean, I'll say one thing, and that is that this COVID thing aside, that anytime people found out that we homeschooled, I had a couple of different main responses. And one was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't quite understand it. But the other response that I often got was, well, that's amazing. You know, I love the idea, but I, I couldn't do it because I would, I would kill my kids. But people would literally say that to me. That's, that's a very common response. I would, mm -hmm. I, my kids would drive me crazy or I couldn't do it because I'd mm -hmm. be terrible. I'd be yelling at them all the time. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I would always say is, well, the thing is, if you're home full time with your kids, then you would have to parent differently. Kids don't listen <laughs> all the time. Like it's impossible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that your expectations just change a little, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you spend every day, all day with your kids, oh boy, I pick my battles big time. I just, uh -huh. I mean, of course, there are times where I'm like, hey, let's go. Or obviously, when it comes to safety or whatever, or respect. Yep. But in general, I have a loose framework of what I generally want to do in a day. And so within that framework, it's very open. But the structure that I keep it within is very, not strict, but it's tight if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So it's almost like there's this framework of what I want to happen in general. And okay, you know, let's be respectful, let's be kind. And I want to cover a couple of things today. And those have to happen. But within the day, though, it's open. Does that make sense? I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like, yeah, it sounds like overall, you have some things that you want to accomplish, but you're not strict about in what order they get accomplished. But by no. the end of the day, you yes. have these yeah. things that need to be checked off, let's say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I used to put a to-do list that I would get my kid to check off. And at the beginning, he loved the idea because he liked checking it off. But then after mm -hmm. a while, he dreaded it. And he would, <laughs> so I don't do that with him anymore. I just have it in my own. I just do it for me. I'm like, yes. okay, well, here's the thing. We call them must-dos. I'm like, you have morning must-dos, you have bedtime must-dos, and there are a couple of daytime must-dos. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> here's another weird one. Basically, anytime my kids want something, before we do it, I always, always check in with myself like, okay, wait, what do I want them to do first? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a bit like I'm constantly negotiating, but you kind of are. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So if my kid's like, oh yeah, I really want to do that. I'm like, okay, hold on. Did you do your morning must do's? Okay. Did you put away the cutlery? Okay, let's do it then. And Mm -hmm. so it's not, I really always try to make sure I don't say, well, if you do this, you can do this. I try not to make it sound like a bribe, Mm -hmm. but even just changing in that to when you're done this, we can do this. Mm-hmm. or once you're done this we'll do this mm-hmm. so it sounds much more positive and so I know it's just semantics but it's just sort of you know flipping it to be a bit more positive so all that always whenever one of my kids wants something I'm like okay wait hold on what can I get them to do first yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I mean it's a balance because it's not like you can't just let the kids just do whatever they want whatever they want to always let them exactly rule, but there has to be you know some order to things that need yeah. to be done too so it's a balance you know, ultimately at the end of the day you want to be able to hang out with each other and not <laughs> feel complete tension you know you want them to like you not to be their friend or anything but like I mean just to make it enjoyable you know yes absolutely I'm always trying to tell them we're a team we're a team mm-hmm. and so whatever mm-hmm. we can do to make it a win-win let's do that mm-hmm. always well thank you for that real talk so I understand that you have a special offering for my listeners today my eight-year-old and I were talking about how some families are struggling through this social distancing and the quarantine. So we came up with an idea to fundraise for some of these families here locally in Ottawa, Canada. And what we've done is we've put together quarantivity books, so activity books for kids to do during the quarantine. And what we're doing is we're selling PDFs that people can receive and then print out at home. And there are two versions. One is for four to seven-year-olds, and the other is for eight to 11-year-olds. And so we've put together 10 puzzles for each age group. And some of the puzzles are done by my son, and some are done by me, and some are actually done by my sister, who I looped in as well. And um, we are selling them for $4 a piece, $4 Canadian a piece. And what we're doing is we're taking all proceeds and giving it to a group here called Good Food to Your Doorstep. And what they do is they bring or they deliver fresh produce to vulnerable and low-income households. So for every five books that we sell, we are providing fresh food to one family. Um, so how people can purchase is what I'll do is I will send you a link, Felicia, leading you to my original post so you'll have access or people can have access to the original post that talks all about everything here about how they can purchase including the two options that they can use they can either contact me directly by email or through messenger and um, if they do that then the price is four dollars canadian for the pdf for each pdf i should say and then they can also go through etsy and through Etsy, it's four dollars and fifty cents Canadian because they're just to offset some of the costs for posting and selling on that site. Um, so yes, for basically every five books that we sell, one family's got a fresh food delivery, which is great. Um, and so far, we've sold enough to have about I think it's five. We're we're at about five and a half deliveries at this point. So my eight-year-old is very excited about it. Keeps asking me, any more books selling? Any more books? Any more orders? And other than that, you know, it's it's a win-win-win in my mind because 
well, obviously, if we can help out with some families, that's a win there. And it's a win for the families who've got some activity books to, you know, work with. I've gotten some really great feedback, people saying that their kids are enjoying it. And then it's a really big win for us, too, because it's a project we get to do together. And it's been a lot of fun. Okay, great. So we'll share a link to the Facebook post where you have all the details of how to order the core activity books onto the Talking Taiwan website. So people can go there and order the books and they can also have a preview to see what is inside of these books. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing all these resources. I'm sure it's really going to be helpful to a lot of the parents out there um, dealing with their kids at home. And if people want to find out more about you, we will share that Google Doc that you've been compiling and updating. And then if people want to find you, where can they find you? They want to know more about you. Well, the, uh, the Google Doc does include my Facebook personal profile, but um, if they're interested in seeing by chance <laughs> what I do as I'm a part-time job, um, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. And so I actually just started a page on Facebook and uh, it's called M. Chen Draws. So I can send you the link for that too. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. So we will include that on the TalkingTaiwan.com website. Thank you so much for um, sharing and taking some time of your schedule to be with us today, Emily. Thank you, Felicia. I've been speaking with Emily Chen, who's located in Ottawa, Ontario, in Canada, during this unprecedented global coronavirus pandemic. Emily has been sharing her thoughts and advice on how parents can handle having their kids at home all day. We will share a link to the Google Doc that Emily first shared on Facebook to help other parents and families through this time. On the Google Doc, she has compiled over 100 web links to resources for parents and kids. You can find it on our website, www.talkingtaiwan.com, for episode 71, an interview with Emily Chen. In addition, we'll list some other useful links and resources for parents dealing with talking to their kids about COVID-19. To learn more about Emily, visit www.facebook.com forward slash Chen draws, D-R-A-W-S. If you enjoyed this episode of Talking Taiwan, please share it with someone who you find it useful or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.